0: G'day, I'm Darren Oakey. I'm Simon West. Welcome to the Aussie Wine Chat Podcast Series, where we talk global distribution and sales with an Aussie perspective.
1: And an Aussie accent. G'day, Simon. Good morning, Darren. How are you this week? Oh, not too
0: bad. Season three, episode two or three. I can't remember now.
1: Ah, three, I think. Three it is. Yeah, there you go. So, um, Gee, we really do have to get better at this, don't we?
0: We do. We do. Well, we've, um, we've got a, a special guest today, actually Jenny Port, who is a wine journalist, and we're really looking forward to talking to Jenny on uh, wine journalism, in particular with... Um, Consumer wine journalism, uh, which is Jenny's sort of focus, but um, just as a as an introduction, we'll, we'll give uh, Jenny a quick introduction. She's um, she's a wine writer, an author, and also a wine show judge. Uh, a wine writer, thirty years, Jenny, is that right? At the uh, Age newspaper?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. At the age maybe, of thirty, yeah.
0: Maybe a little bit more. No, <laughs> I
2: don't know, I, There's more around it, but yeah, at. The...
0: But uh, Wine State Magazine, Gourmet Traveler, Wine. James Halliday Wine Magazine um, and also you've uh, you've been appointed the tasting panel of the uh, James Halliday Wine Companion and we see some bottles behind you at the moment, actually. So you've got a tasting today, I, I gather. It's
2: every single day, yes.
0: Every single day. There you go. Darren was very interested in the bottles behind you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so what uh, what we'll do is we'll move straight into it and um, we've got a couple of questions. Welcome, Jenny, and we've got a couple of questions to get, get going with. But um, I'd just like to point out that, Jenny, I think it's fair to say that you're very much consumer-driven in your wine writing versus the technical sort of side of things. So um, that's very interesting to me because I sometimes find we get too technical when um, when the wine journalists are writing about wines, and uh, I know with myself and a lot of my friends, it just goes straight over their head. So um, from a consumer angle, that's really interesting. But um, I, I'm just wondering... How, how do you what do you, How do you feel about the way that wineries are currently engaging with consumers, with the the wine writers and also their own wine writing? How, how do you think that that is, and obviously the landscape's changed a lot in the last six months too?
2: I think uh, because of competition, and it is the most competitive, I think that it's ever been, the Australian wine industry, that everyone is becoming more professional. They're seeing the need for it. More and more, they are engaging with wine marketers. I'm not a wine marketer, but um, sometimes I actually like that personal touch. I would personally um, prefer the winemaker, the wine uh, producer, the owner to reach out and have a chat to me Um, but that's just the way I like it I've always liked that more personal approach and then when I am seeking comment or I want to know about something I go directly to um, that person the person who knows the answer and increasingly what I'm seeing and I saw it with a relatively small producer in the Adelaide Hills what 18 months ago I had to go through their uh, PR person and it actually took a while. And I, I really found it difficult to understand why for such a smaller producer, I couldn't just go directly to them. Yeah. So that that was my main issue and continues to be. It What I like is a direct um, conduit. I can ring them up, I can email them and they want to talk to me. And and if they don't want to talk to me, that's fine. But making it more difficult to talk to um, people like me um, isn't going to do them any favours, I'm afraid.
0: Yeah. And then, and then I guess the, the link there is you're talking to the consumer as such, so that, that's broken down. So you're not giving the full story either, I'd imagine.
2: Well, no, I think um, that that's the other role of, of a wine journalist is not necessarily to accept um, the, the PR Version, and I'm not being rude to PRs here, but um, they can put out a press release. I'm not using that press release. I want to know more um, about it. So So, deeper, ask more questions.
1: So Jenny, what's a what's an example of a a winery doing a really good job of engaging with uh, with yourself?
2: Well, I'll give you a very good example. Friday here was a public holiday. in the lead up to the grand final, which we didn't have here, but we won't go there. It was a public holiday. I was tasting um, for holiday and I had a question and it was Brown Brothers that I am. It's part of my regional tasting group that I now have. So I got on to Catherine Brown and asked her the question via email and the note came back that it was clearly a public holiday and that, You know, she would get back to me when she could or, you know, the usual kind of message. Within 30 minutes, she had written back to me with the answer that I requested. That is what I call highly professional. Yeah. And to be aware and, you know, I didn't really expect it, but I got it, to be aware that People are asking questions all the time. It's not always a public holiday where you are, um, and she was on the ball. And that's that's all I ask for is when I ask a question of someone that they they get kind of back to me that they they don't but ignore me.
0: That's just general good business ethic, I think. And I think we talk, we talk a lot about the export markets. And if you get a question from an from an importer overseas, for example, you should answer straight away. You don't leave until the end of the public holiday. You you're straight onto it or a Sunday. I mean, dealing with China, for example, they don't accept that. You have to respond.
2: I call that professionalism and that's all, it's, it's simple things. I don't think it's all that hard to understand the needs of your customers, the needs of people asking questions of you, the needs of your importer. It's a pretty basic professional approach, whether you're in business or not, really.
0: Hmm. Jenny, can I just move on to the wine point scoring system? that we see globally yep. and uh i for the for the listeners here um jenny's views are um you don't necessarily agree with the point system because of this. there's obviously big variations in the way people report on it and you don't you don't give points yourself
2: um, i give points under holiday
0: right of course right. Yeah, Sorry, yes i yeah.
2: give points under wine pilot i don't generally give points um because i like people to read the words um Points, the funny thing, originally, and I think it has changed, originally you had a number of 100 point scoring systems that were in place. Um, Each person who adopted from the original Parker 100 point system adapted slightly to make it their own. We now operate under generally a 100 point international scoring system so everyone hopefully is on the same page that's important because for so long we weren't on the same page even with our scores yes 94 84 often very different interpretations depending on which system you were using Um, so now we're using this 100 international scoring system i think that is easier Um, it it just, in fact, someone, a winemaker brought up the other day that with Halliday we all had, you know, different interpretations. He thought we were using different scales. And I said, look, you've got individuals. We're all individuals. We all have a different perspective and that's what we're paid to give, a different perspective. If you want one person's perspective, just use James. If you want um, some kind of esoteric uh perspective that is um without emotion ask ai ai are doing it now in artificial intelligence are doing those kind of things in fact jancis robinson had an artificial intelligent written wine story on her blog um, last week um, so you want that individual individual touch and that's what people like me bring if you yeah. don't want it that's another question but people seem to like it they like those different um points with wine pilot we often have uh, a discussion and we're all different and we are there it's a bit like wine show judging you give your interpretation you argue for the wine if if you scored it highly or you you talk about it if you didn't score it highly that's part of the fun
0: i think Mm, mm. so so back to back to what you said though about not giving scores in some some of the reviews you do um uh, is that is there? You want people to read those words. You, yeah. you don't. You don't want them to rely on that score.
2: I'm a bit old school.
0: Yeah, because we we see we see a lot of um, uh, export markets around the world, and a lot of the distributors, the importers, the retailers, they're all so heavily reliant on scores. Yeah. It's like an easy option for them to stick it on the shelf, or or to have a bit of endorsement for selling that product. So um, it makes it quite challenging sometimes when you're selling in those markets.
2: I've seen a lot, especially uh, during COVID when a lot of wine is being sold and advertised, and increasingly they're just putting a score up. I don't know who gave that score. They could be giving the score. Mm. Now, that I find terribly misleading. I don't like to see that. If you're going to give a score as if you are going to give the gold medal, you know, little medallion on your wine bottle, you have to say who gave the score, as in who gave that gold medal, where was that show, what year was that show, I want more information. If you're going to use it, use it properly. Yeah. Good stuff. Now, now, Jenny,
1: things have changed a lot in the last um, 10, well, even the last few years in terms of how we communicate with consumers. Uh, Tell us, how, how has it changed for you as a wine writer? What, what are the things that have had a big impact on your engagement with consumers in the last, let's say, uh, last five or ten years?
2: Uh, the big impact is uh, traditional journalism. Um, for decades, wine consumers were mainly getting their information through wine columns in newspapers. Uh, they barely exist these days. Um we, at the age, at the height, um, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, we had four wine writers contributing. Um, now you have a very, very small little, you know, pocket of wine reviews each week on a Tuesday and very little else. I haven't seen a proper, what I call a proper wine story in the age it's going to be 12 months, and that was something that Heughan wrote on um, uh, a major wine release. And then before that, I mean, I left in 2016. I can count the number of wine stories, you know, like full-page stories in The Age on one hand. So that's the biggest thing for me and the biggest thing for those who traditionally relied on getting their information via those um traditional one, you know, information sources, newspapers. Um, The move into magazines, where you've had that slight explosion here in Australia, we're still a small population, 25 million. Although we read a lot per head compared to other countries, we still can't support a huge um, growth in magazines. Therefore, the growth now, of course, is online. And um, and that's a different story. How do you make these things pay? How do you make an online blog pay? Um, that's going to be asked more and more, I think, going into the future. Yeah,
1: exactly. Do you, do you do blogging yourself at all, or no. you're mostly sticking to um, yeah, to reviewing? So, how are you getting your message out when you do the reviews? How are you selling? Um, how are you selling what you're doing?
2: Well, first of all, reviews are only part of what I do. I, I love um, writing stories, so that's still the essence of what I like to do, uh, kind of it's moving into kind of 50, but it was 80% of what I do. I like writing for um, one particular, well, I like writing for all of them, but Meiniger's one International um, uh, Business Magazine based in Germany has a big European um, uh, readership. I like writing for them. And that's more business stories too. We do really interesting stories, I think. Um, So I forgot the question.
1: I oh, know we're just talking about getting I know the I
2: went off into Meininger's world and then it just all
1: locked. No, well, I mean Meininger's are good because their uh, their social media presence is strong, so when an when an article comes out, they they get the news out and it's often uh, sometimes it's fairly heavily commented on social media as well. So, you know, they seem to be a magazine that does a really good job of working uh working in the new the new media and i guess my questions coming down to you know the wineries have a real problem also i mean everybody has a problem getting their message out now in a lot of ways in in many ways the the old days of an edm and an article were much much easier to get get cut through because you had to do and so by EDM what I meant was a letter uh, a physical letter I I said I said EDM I didn't mean that you know when we when we sent letters out we knew people got them and they opened them and I'm just really curious about the challenges that that you as a writer are experiencing in the new world because they're really a really good parallel for the challenges that wineries are experiencing in this new world as well Uh, and I guess the big question is is how do uh, how do we all adapt and get stories out now?
2: You have a good story.
1: Yeah.
2: What you need. Well, it's a big part of what you need <laughs> the strength of your story. Don't give me that I'm I'm sorry I'm I'm going to be a bit rude here but for years for decades wine writers have been receiving emails about with the, we've just exported to um Bahrain or, you know, we've just picked up an export to Ireland. I'm sorry, that doesn't really interest me. Um, And if I see too many of those coming through from you, I I get a bit of a, you know, blank. Um, Wait, save yourself and hit me with, and hit other wine writers with a good story. We're all about stories. The essence of what we do is storytelling and we need we need good stories half the time we'll go out and find them for ourselves but sometimes they land on your lap and they land on your lap with someone writing to you to say we're we're focusing on carbon neutral this is what we've done or we've uh, turned our whole vineyard around and this is the way we're going into uh, biodynamics I don't know I'm just choosing something but give me a story and think of it Think of it maybe like a marketer. Think of it like a, like a journalist. What's interesting about this story? Is it interesting that I just got another gold medal at blah, blah? Or is it more interesting that um, we're launching a new, a new range and there's something different about that range? There's, you've got to just think about it, what you would tell your neighbour, What's really kind of interesting in your world happening right now and put that down and have a look at it before you send it, always the golden rule. Um, Check it, is this really, you know, interesting enough? I'm only going to be sending out to these wine writers maybe six times a year, maybe, I don't know. Don't wait for those six stories to arrive. Give me something that's good or else i get the blahs because for the you know for the 20th week in a row you you've sent me something that's giving me the same information basically darren that's
0: um that's highlighted in our export courses we run we always talk about brand pitch and the unique selling point and we go over this and over this and over this and and try and milk that from them the 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 story the basis of the story but i think we're missing something darren Um, we've got to we've got to get that right as well for the journalist side of things the pr side of things and for their messaging when it goes out you know we always talk about the importers we talk about getting the message to the consumer but it's really important to get it out from a pr point of view as well
2: well the yeah. biggest story, you know, the biggest story of our time is climate change. I want to know what you're doing about it. I want a good story. I want a happy story amongst all the doom and gloom and you will see more of that too. All right. We've got we're in this hole. How are we going to get out of it? Let me know what you're doing. And I've got, a and and Max in particular, we've got an interest in um, how the wine industry is not using our Indigenous culture enough. I've written a story coming up in Halliday on acknowledgement of country on wine bottles, on websites, and and how more are moving to bring in Indigenous members of local communities, bring them in, do culture talks, do culture walks, get them closer on, on the land that is theirs traditionally, Historically, things like that—they're they're damn good stories—and they're, they're stories to a degree that we need going forward.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. Do you think? Do you think the wineries are doing enough with their social media engagement at the moment, Jenny? Um, are they? Are they doing a good enough job, particularly in today's environment where it's it's even more and more important?
2: I thought COVID highlighted some of the great works or some of the more imaginative uh, kind of ways of moving into social media. I'm thinking of Unico, um, Zello in particular, mm-hmm. with the happy hours. In fact, a number in the end did those happy hour talks, um, and it not only raised their own profile, they brought in members of their community. It raised the community profile. And I just thought that highlighted and showed a new, imaginative, different way of doing things. In the past, they'd they'd go on and they'd you know, there'd be one talking head and they'd have a glass and they'd tell you about the wine. And quite frankly, that wears off after a while. Um, but, and I am talking about that Unico and of Zellum in particular because they did it so colorfully and so well um, that you, you're glued to it. You're going, wow, okay. And they're bringing in all these interesting people. They're bringing Katie Spain, who is an absolute sensation. And yeah, they gotcha. Um, so I, that's the one thing I think you will see more of. They're using it better and they're using their imagination and creativity better with it.
0: Mm, yeah, And then, and then I guess you've seen some bad examples as well.
2: Well, the bad example is here I am. With a horrible background, talking head, sounding boring, not really into it, and I've got a glass of wine, but I'm going to tell you about that. You know what's in the
0: wine? I've seen seen a few winemakers drunk as well, and uh, and I'm sitting there cringing, going, "You can't do this."
2: Oh dear, haven't seen that. (laughs) Fortunately, I haven't seen that either.
1: But you're absolutely right. We we have to get away from being a talking head. in a, in a little square and expecting that to be engaging, don't we? We have to actually give people something to enjoy. Um, so so you're talking about entertainment now in a lot of ways, aren't you? What, yeah.
2: That's what I do. I mean, I think one journalists in particular, they give you information but they also entertain. If we're not entertaining you in our writing, we're not keeping you on that page and you're not going to read it next time you see my name or someone else's name, and then we're not going to get advertisers and then we won't get the page and then we're out of a job. So entertainment is up there with the information that we provide. And that has to be the two tiers that everyone looks to when they're presenting, whether it's, um, you know, via social media or on the written page or wherever. Um, those two go hand in hand. So, if you are going to do a talking head as we are doing, hopefully, you know, do with a bit more movement and color and action and interest and <laughs> just don't sit there.
0: Well, we had we had Jane Ferrari on last week, Jenny. And she sang a song in her so outfit. Right? So so I, I, I won't make you sing as long like she did, but she was quite funny, as you, as you can imagine. So, yeah. Darren, have you got a closing question at all? There? Have you got a closing question at all? We're down to the last few minutes, so.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm just I'm thinking about this this world of the of the winemaker and the wine writer as entertainers, and I guess you've already told us, um, Jenny, that that people have to give you a good story. Uh, I wonder how. I mean, people actually have to start building good stories, though, don't they? It's not just about telling a good story; it's about <laughs> It's about starting to do things that people care about uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, so I'm I'm taking a message of of not just be interesting and tell a good uh, not just tell a good story, but for goodness' sake, start doing something that's actually interesting.
2: And I might add, recognize it. I will ring up like acknowledgement of country. I ring up all these people. Oh yes, you know, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm putting it on my wine bottles. I you know. They hadn't sent out anything. I had not seen anything on it. They hadn't recognised that as a story. So that's the other thing. People are sitting on stories that they don't think are interesting mm-hmm. and they can be. So th- People who are going, again, um, moving into sustainability, what they're doing, maybe they're doing something that no one else is doing here. Maybe they're relying on uh, technology or um, information that they've received from another place outside Australia that no one else is doing, and they're moving along in their own little circles doing that, and they don't think that's interesting. I think that's interesting. Um, so, apart from recognising, yes, do all of those things. Um, have a good story. You don't have to make it. You're often doing it. Um,
0: and I think we see quite often with wineries, the story is right under their nose, and they're not even seeing it. So, we just need to we need people to really think about that really hard.
2: Yeah, just put themselves in um, what they're reading and writing. Um, what they're seeing out there. Don't fall for that. There's there's a light fluffy stuff. I'm not into fluffy stuff, um, but no bit of grit, mm. bit of soul to it. Yeah, people will pick it up. Hmm.
1: Excellent. All right. That's that's great, Jenny. Is there is there anything? I think you've probably just said the thing that the thing that we most need to say at the end of this interview anyway. Get some soul into it.
2: Yeah, you know, again, that's why I like to talk to the the individuals involved, to the winemakers, bit of culturalists, to the, the producers. They're the ones with their money into it, their life into it, their career into it. They have the, the most to gain, the most um, involved, the most connected to it. Yeah, that's a bit of soul right there, isn't it?
0: So if there's a bit of advice uh, as we go out here, I think um, if anyone's sending a press release to Jenny with some bottles of wine, maybe attach the phone numbers of the key people in the business so she can call them.
2: Please, please. Like E-mails. I don't have to annoy you on a phone call. Emails, um, phones, yeah, exactly. Please, yes. Sounds I like don't a to, great idea. You know, give me the PR, of course, but often that's all you get. Like you can't go to anyone, you have to go through the PR. Uh, give me the PR, but give me the the maker, the the owner, the
0: And and even if even if the, the, the winer is listening here. Um, have a PR person, they can insist that those numbers go on there, even though the PR person might not want that because they want to be the point of contact, but um, put those numbers on there.
2: Well, I think good PRs are actually into all that. They know that they are the conduit. Mm. And Yolumbra in particular is very good. I can talk to Louisa or any of the, the winemakers, but I can I always know that I can also get information and whatever I want from the PR. So they work together. I, I don't really see that. You know, this is my job. This is your job. I don't and see that separation. I'm
0: probably more talking the small to medium sized wine or small smaller wineries. There's, there seems to be always one point of contact and um, drummed down them. But anyway, that's uh, I think that's a great idea to part with. Thanks very much, Jenny. Really appreciate it. Um, Really appreciate your time and um, uh, wish you all the best and good luck with your reviews today that you are doing there in the background. (laughs)
2: Uh, It's going to be a nice day. It's going to be a good day.
0: Good stuff.
1: All right. Thanks very much. Thanks, Jenny. Uh, Thanks for joining us again for Aussie Wine Chat. I'm Darren Oemke. You can find me on hydroconsulting.com.au and on Twitter at Darren Oemke.
0: And I'm Simon West. You can find me at fullglass.com.au.